I'm with author Kate Serene, and Kate, tell me about the types of books you specialize in writing. Sure. I write romantic suspense and paranormal romance, and I'm currently writing original horror stories for Chapters Interactive. Um, They're um, choose-your-own-adventure interactive book stories on um, in a game format for your phone apps or your device apps. Now, when you say paranormal romance, some people will not know what that means. <laughs> what does that mean? Well, in my case, it um, deals with fairy tales who've been transplanted into our world and live among us in secret. Um, but the, the genre encompasses pretty much anything supernatural that you can think of from fairies to ghosts to vampires, werewolves. It runs the gamut. So uh, how many books have you authored so far? I have released 10 and um, hope to have some more coming out here pretty soon. And how does one find your line of books? Most of my books are out in bookstores or you can request them from the bookstores. You can also find them on Amazon, BarnesandNoble.com, any of the online retailers as well. I'm with Asa Dunnington. He has a book that he is uh, promoting here at uh, the, the library in this author's day, Seductively Lawless. So, Asa, explain what motivated you to write this book. Uh, Emmett Long is the name of the principal in the book. He was my uncle. He was a bootlegger, a gambler, and a bank robber during Prohibition. He was a personal friend of Pretty Boy Floyd. In 1966, Caesar's Palace opened, and my uncle was also a friend of Benny Binion, who owned the Horseshoe Club in Vegas. And Benny called him and he said, the mob is opening this casino, I think we can rip it off. When Emmett gambled, he wore trifocal glasses and he had a concoction he put in his hair, and he marked cards with his little finger. First, first night there, he won $25,000. He was there for two weeks. They never knew who he was. They didn't know how he was doing it. And he knew they wouldn't let him leave with the money. But he got it out of there. You'd have to read the book to find out how. So it's a nonfiction book. It's a story of his life? It is. I was the only one he chose to give his life story to. And uh, Betty Binion is a is a is a notorious character from Las Vegas, uh, the former owner of a, a casino down there where the World Series of Poker originated. Exactly, exactly. Before that, he was in charge of Penny Annie Poker in Dallas during the twenties. <laughs> well, listen, it, it sounds like a great book. How would one uh, be able to find this book or buy it? It's on Amazon. It's on Barnes and Noble. I got five stars on each. Um, or if they come to the show, I'm selling them for $15. With Cynthia Lacey here at the library at the uh, fair, which is highlighting a number of authors, uh, you have a series of books here. Uh, tell us what you specialize in as an author. Uh, I like writing paranormal romance, a lot of it based on family history. You say family history. Has there been some real paranormal romance in your family? No, but a lot of old letters and pictures inspired the, the, the story. Okay, so it's, it's fiction, but yet you, uh, you say that there is some uh, basis of, of storytelling within your family. Talk about that. Um, 
my great great uncle was in World War One. He inspired part of it, and he's part of the one of the other ghosts in the book. Um, his wife, I, I used a last name of an old family name that's in our family. Um, had pictures from that era that were able enabled me to describe what things looked like back then. So when, in paranormal romance is something some people are familiar with, others are not. How would you describe that genre? For me, it's something out of the ordinary, somewhat maybe supernatural. And to me, because it's incorporated into a romance, it's a friendly. So this is, so this is not a horror uh, no, book? No, not by any stretch of the imagination. No, it's a very friendly ghost. <laughs> It's uh, Ghost of a Chance. Uh, that's the book by uh, Cynthia Lacey. How would one find your book? Uh, Barnes & Noble, Amazon, um, Books a Million, um, iTunes, Google Play. With T.J. Pulley, he's an author. His book is Birthright. So uh, good to have you here at, in Fishers. Talk about your book. All right. Birthright is the story of a main character, Orion. Uh, who realizes that he is the descendant of Moses and um, kind of like in a superhero way, uh, but really based around faith, he, uh, he inherits his powers once his grandfather passes. And it's kind of his journey, uh, realizing that people want that kind of power, um, you know, which I guess is kind of that juxtaposition because faith is free to everyone kind of thing, but but he just comes by it in a different way. It's actually genetic for him. So, uh, yeah, that's mostly a story and just his, uh, his journey on trying to figure out what to do with it and how to use it and, and who he really is. So is this your first book? This is my first book. So what motivated you to write this particular storyline? I think it's one of those things where... You know, like I had been writing on and off, you know, all of my years. And then uh, you get to a point where you you get an idea that really sticks, you know, and you can't shake it. You get up with it. You go to sleep with it, you know, um, and then you just have to write it. So where do people find uh, your book, Birthright? Uh, They can find it um, on basically any kind of platform. If they just Google it, uh, you can get it through Amazon. You can... Uh, get it pretty much anywhere. Uh, you just have to look it up. Birthright by T.J. Pulley. I'm with Scott and Morgan Wyatt. Uh, they are authors, uh, a married couple, jointly writing books. As a person who has, did I say it wrong? No, it's under the name of M.K. Stone. It's under the name, but but the name that is used on the book would be M.K. Scott. So that's the book you will find the author's name on all their different books. So to both of you, I admire you, a married couple able to write a number of books together. It's never easy to to, uh, uh, to work together on a project like this, but a married couple can be a challenge that you've done that. So, so Morgan, tell me about uh, the books you have. You have several of them here at the library on display here. Tell us about the, the kind of books, the genre of books that uh, you and your husband write. They're cozy mysteries, and for people that don't know what they are, I kind of think of Murder, She Wrote, or anything by Carol Higgins Clark, or Mary Higgins Clark either. They have one murder, it happens off scene. It doesn't have to be a murder, it can be any kind of crime. The main character comes in with their various sidekicks and quirky neighbors and friends, and 
humorous things happen to them as they solve the crime. And of course, whoever's solving the crime is always an amateur. Today we have three series. We have the Over the Hill Gang, which is a people in a nursing home that sneak out and solve cold cases. We have the Talking to the Talking Dog Detective Agency, which is a local one because it all happens in Indianapolis and it involves a talking dog helping a PI solve crimes and it's very humorous. And we have the one that started the first started us writing together is called the Patent Lady Inn series. And it is takes place at Legacy, North Carolina, where there's a nurse who wants to run a B&B, but she also likes to solve crimes, too. Well, the Scott part of M.K. Scott, tell me, uh, you are an author, or jointly authoring books. There's a variety of uh, genres or types of books you could choose. Why did you two choose this genre to write about? Well, it's it's uh, actually uh, my wife, um, Morgan, really chose the genre. Um, I'm more of an engineer, and I'm, I'm, the, I'm kind of the grammar hammer behind the, the, the duo here, where uh, Morgan will come up with the idea of a book. She'll put it a rough draft together, and then I'll kind of go through and, and kind of you know, try to poke holes in it and try to clean up the plot line and put in the geeky engineer dialogue, okay, because I'm good at that. Um, so it's, uh, it's kind of a fun type of genre to write for because it's kind of lighthearted. You can kind of you can invent, you know, like she said, quirky characters, and you can have them speak any sort of dialogue, and it's just fun, and, and, and it's, it's kind of lighthearted. And I, I, it's just something fun to do. So, Morgan, M.K. Scott, uh, the author, uh, where do you find M.K. Scott books if you're looking for them? Well, you can find them anywhere, anywhere online. So the usual places, Amazon, yeah, Amazon Barnes, Barnes & Noble. Noble, Como. And you can even find them on Walmart.com. Okay, very good. They're also on, they're on iTunes. You can go to iTunes. Um, um, where else? I think I think that's that's enough right there. Someone will find it at one of you can find it one of those different places. And basically cover all the main. It's amazing if if you know where to find books, so you'll find it there. M.K. Scott, uh, the 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 writing duo. If you wait about a week, you can find some at the Hamilton Center at Books and Brews. Oh, very good. Well, thank you both for joining. Appreciate it. Thank you. I'm with M. Catherine Clark, one of the authors here at the Fisher's Library, as we, uh, the Fisher's Library does uh, feature authors today. So, M. Catherine Clark, uh, you look, appear to be a fiction writer. Tell us about the genre of stories that you write. Absolutely, Larry. So, I have 15 books currently out, um, with three more coming out next year. And I write suspense and different subgenres within suspense. So, I have mystery, thriller, romance, paranormal. Um, basically, what happened was my senior year at Butler University, I um, published a book uh, through Tate Publishing, and it was called Blood is Thicker Than Water. It's actually set here locally in Indianapolis, uh, follows two IMPD detectives. And after that, I went on a family vacation to Scotland and Ireland, and I kissed the Blarney Stone in Ireland. And of course, as we all know, the Blarney Stone is supposedly infused with giving you the gift of gab, as the Irish say. So 15 books later, I can testify that it does, in fact, work. Um, 
gift of gab helps with writing books as well. It absolutely does. It really does. So um, right after that, I wrote the um, Wolfsbane Saga as, long, as well as my Love Among the Shamrocks collection, which is more of the romantic side of things. But the uh, Wolfsbane Saga is actually uh, stemmed from a dream that I had when I came back from Scotland. And it's set in 650 AD in Scotland. And it follows a wolf pack that can shapeshift into wolves or a half-wolf or human. And they are at war with druids, and humans are slowly encroaching on their lands little by little. Um, Love Among the Shamrocks collection is currently two books, will be three plus two more. So three in that one, and then Love Among the Shamrocks Next Generation will also have two next year. Uh, How did you choose this genre? Was it the traveling that did it, or were there other issues as well? Actually, the very first one in Love Among the Shamrocks, uh, Under the Irish Sky, was something I wrote as an homage to my ex-boyfriend. We were together for the most of it writing. He was from Ireland. Um, So I wrote it, um, 80 pages on print uh, paper, and which kind of equates to about 120 pages roughly in book form and then he broke up with me and broke my heart so I decided I was never going to write it again I was going to put it away because it was our story and then I decided you know what I can't do that I'm not going to let a man dictate what I can and cannot write so I finished it I walked right up to him on St. Patrick's Day when I saw him and I handed him a book and I said this is what I wanted and you screwed it up yeah, they say you have to suffer before you can be an artist, right? So I assume the, these books uh, with your name, M. Catherine Clark, are available at the usual places? Yes, they are available anywhere books are sold. I also have ebook, um, both on Kindle and Nook, all of them. And then I also am uh, starting into the Audible area. So I have two of my books on Audible, uh, as well as I have the files, so I can then... Uh, sorry, then I can um, give it out as well. I'm, I'm giving the USBs with them on it. So you uh, you uh, voiced it yourself? On one of them, I did, yes. The other one is my Sherlock Holmes novel, and I did hire a man um, named Madison Niederhauser. He is out of Chicago. He's a Texas native, as am I. So, or my mom is. I was born here, but we claim Texan. Um, and he uh, he's phenomenal at Sherlock Holmes. And then the other one is a romantic adventure set in Scotland. Um, follows a young woman who is a writer who's going through a writer's block after her boyfriend broke up with her. Hint, hint. Um, and... It's split between two first-person points of view. So I do Nikki's point of view, and then I hired um, Ryan Rhodes out of England to do uh, Ross Sutherland, and he has perfected the Scottish accent. He is English, but he's perfected the Scottish accent. So, Which is quite different from the English accent. Very different from the English accent, and he does a very good job at it. I'm Catherine Clark. Thank you for your time. Good yeah, absolutely. You. Thank you. I'm with Charles Kelly. Charles Kelly is an author, as uh, we have many authors here at the Fisher's Library today. I see you have some books, Crossroads, uh, you have Crossfire, you have Crossover. So those are just some of the books that uh, you have authored under under your name. Uh, tell me about the genre of books you're writing. Yeah, so these uh, it's a series based off of a, kind of an action-adventure type genre, um, but uh, an outlaw motorcycle club and an undercover federal agent. So what drew you to that kind of writing? Well, um, this was so cross crossroads was the first book in the series and that was my first attempt at writing a book uh and i actually had a different idea when i first wanted to start writing but that idea got too big and got out of control before i even started it 
Uh, and so I wanted something simpler that I could just kind of work on my first book and just have the first project done. And I know the motorcycle community. So I didn't have to do a lot of research on that. It's something I could just jump into and produce kind of a story. And so that's, that's what I went with. When you talk about the motorcycle community, what does that really mean? Um, well, so this is based on a outlaw motorcycle club. And it's fictional. It's not not real life. So, so there is a club called the Outlaws. Yes, there is, and this is not affiliated. Okay. And I don't want anything, any connections coming back. Nope. Um, but uh, so I I ride motorcycles, and I'm fascinated by the motorcycle culture. And so any books I can read, any documentaries I can, I just any. Any information I can gather about that world, it just fascinates me. And so I'm, I've, I'm pretty familiar with the topic. And just being a biker myself, um, just it drew me to this topic. And it made it easy for, for me to just jump in and know what I was writing about. So when people read your books, uh, is it going to be something like... Uh it's not like a motorcycle club as we know it today. It's just people who ride motorcycles and get into adventures that way. Is that getting at? Well, this is a little more illicit. Um, so more of the kind of the, the headlines that you see in the newspapers with you know certain known motorcycle clubs and and um, drug distribution and things like that. So it's more of the the outlaw world with with those activities. Well, listen, good luck to you. I assume your books are available wherever books are found. Absolutely. They're on Amazon, or you can find them probably easiest at uh, www.ckfiction.com. I'm with Keith Lowe. He is an author here at the library during the uh, Author's Day at the Fisher's Public Library. And, Keith, you specialize in children's books. Talk about your books. Sure. Uh, so this is my first book, uh, a children's book. It's called The Titans of Taste. It's a book about superheroes who are friends who uh, battle food that's boring. Um, it's not exciting, you know, so when you eat chicken nuggets, what do you want? You want some barbecue. When you eat fries, what do you put on your fries? Ketchup, you know, toast, you put jelly. And so these two young kids, they're, they're eating their food, and it's, it's not exciting, and the food comes to life and attacks them, and these superheroes show up and save the day. So it teaches about... Uh, there's subtle things about friendship and working together, and, and uh, so yeah, that's that's okay, very good. So uh, you could write about a number of things as an author. What drew you to the genre of children's books? Well, I'm a, an illustrator by craft, and I uh, and I teach as well. Um, but uh, working with with uh, the youth, um, teens, and and then young adults as well is something that I'm passionate about. So. Uh, writing a story for kids, uh, for me, writing is not my primary skill set, um, but it's a great avenue to tell stories. I loved, I'm an il- as an illustrator, you know, telling stories with pictures is kind of what I do, but there's a lot of ways you can tell stories, and words, obviously, are, are another um, obvious avenue, and so combining the two was effective. It was, uh, you know, I felt like the word count for a children's book was something that was a little more achievable for me. Um, but at the same time, it's very challenging, you know, to make uh, all those words count and, and worthwhile. So, um, yeah, so this, this book for me, it kind of hits uh, a lot of areas for me. I, I used it in my classroom. Um, I have young kids at home, which, you know, it's great to, uh, to allow them into that space, to see the book as it's developing, to be a part of that process, which is neat. And then obviously illustrating is something I love to do anyway. So, um, yeah, that's kind of, that's why it's a children's book as opposed to any other type of book, like a 
So the, the Titans of Taste, uh, Keith Lowe is the author. Where do you find your books? The usual places? You can buy them direct from my store. You can get them from Amazon. Um, they're releasing in October, so um, they should be in retail stores as well very soon. And how does somebody get in touch with you as far as buying it from you? You could go to my um, web portfolio, which is keithlowart.com. Um, you can go and check it out there. Uh, that would be the way to get a direct sale. Or uh, if you live in Fishers, Indiana, just uh, you know, drop me a line, and we'll meet up somewhere, have a coffee, and I'll sell you a book. I'm with Kathy Lougheed here at the uh, Fishers Festival, here at the Fishers Library. You're an author. Uh, tell me about your two books. All right. My story is one of those sweeping epic sagas um, about history. It's about a 17-year-old girl who was taken captive by the Indians in 1747, just before the French and Indian War which happened a lot back then. So um, I just became fascinated with that time period and what happened. And it's a great way, if people are not familiar with natives, to learn what happened in the U.S. back then. I would think that would be a challenge because you would have to research uh, the Native American culture at the time plus what was happening with the settlers at the time and knowing what the culture was like. How difficult was that to do the research and kind of get a, a feel for what life was like at that time? Well, I'd already spent many, many years researching Native life. Um, I got a master's degree with a concentration in Native American literature. And um, my grandmother had always told me that this was the story of our family and how we ended up in Indiana, because at some point one of our ancestors had been taken captive by Indians. So I spent 30 years trying to prove her story correct, and I never was able to connect all those dots. But I took all the stuff I learned about that time period and decided to put it into a book. Everything in my story actually happened to somebody, just not necessarily my ancestor. I read over 200 captivity stories. That was my next question. Where do you find these captivity stories? I'm sure they're not easy to find. Well, Ohio and Indiana are just a treasure trove of historical documents and the major libraries. And Ohio, in particular, has really meticulously recorded frontier life. Um, Pennsylvania, too, also has a lot of records about that time period. And they're out there. A lot of them are hard to find, but um, there are a lot of captivity stories. So once again, tell us uh, the, uh, the names of your books and where you can find them. Um, the first book is called The Spirit Keeper. And the second one is called The Gift of the Seer. Um, they're both available on Amazon, and you can order them through any bookstore. Um, the Spirit Keeper came out in 2013, and The Gift of the Seer just came out uh, this January. So um, it's all one story, really. And if you're looking for it, the uh, the way your last name is shown as the author is K.B. Lougheed, L-A-U-G-H-E-E-D. So thanks for your time. Thank you very much. I'm with Robert R. Smith, one of the authors here at the Fisher's Library, and you have a book, and uh, please tell me about your book. Uh, I became interested in the story of uh, my great-great-grandfather through pictures and um, uh, a poster from my great-great-grandmother, and uh, the picture showed um, him in his new military uniform when he joined uh, the 9th Indiana Cavalry during the Civil War. And then a second picture of him when he returned home from the war and showing the great contrast after him being in, uh, he was shot and uh, taken to Andersonville Prison 
And uh, at the end of the war, they released the prisoners and took them to the Mississippi River uh, and put them on a boat called the Sultana. And uh, the Sultana was built to hold 280 passengers and crew. And it's estimated they crammed about 2,500 troops on that ship. And seven miles north of Memphis, it blew up. And there were fewer than 500 survivors. And my great-great-grandfather was one of those survivors. And so... uh, Let me ask you this. I mean... How, how far did you have to dig? Were there uh, traditional stories in your family? Did you find documents? I see you do have some pictures here. Uh, how did you dig up the information that you needed to write the book? <laughs> well, it took a lot of research. I actually spent 20 years writing this uh, over a period of time of starting and stopping. But uh, <clears throat> most of the information uh, I was able to get through a found out there was an organization called uh, uh, Descendants of uh, the Sultana. And uh, I found that there were several authors in that organization, and I read their books and then did my own personal research, uh, sent away for his military records, uh, went through those, and there was a lot of good information in there. And that, and just uh, the stories from my grandmother, uh, just was basically the the, uh, way I got the information for the book. So what was the most surprising fact you uh, unearthed when you uh, did your research? Uh, I guess the most interesting thing was um, how many people were... Uh, touched by his life Um, he later after the war uh, became a public speaker and uh, he went around well he had become an alcoholic because of his injuries that never healed properly from the war and the explosion and so he um, became a public speaker and uh, I have one of the posters that my grandmother uh, had given me uh, and he would go around talking about temperance because he had become an alcoholic uh, drinking from uh, for relief from his injuries uh, so um, and he traveled the entire state giving uh, his speeches uh, and, and ended up spending some time in a soldier's home in Fort Wayne, Indiana, uh, and that's where he passed away. The author is Robert R. Smith. The book is Indiana and the Sultana Disaster. You find your book in the normal places, or where any place special you can find this book? Uh, Barnes & Noble uh, is carrying it, and it was on Amazon, and... uh, you can just look it up, uh, Sultana, uh, uh, online, and uh, it should list my book. Benjamin O'Neill is one of the authors here at the Fisher's Library today. Uh, let me just ask you about your books. You are a fiction writer. Tell us about the types of books that you write. Well, right now I've got uh, two crime novels, and they're like Criminal Minds, but based in Indiana. Uh, the first one is a 
about a serial killer who's also a stand-up comedian. (laughs) The name of it's Die Laughing. And the uh, sequel to it is uh, Die by Proxy, which is about a man who's killing child molesters and leaving them along I-69. And everybody's saying, hey, just keep going. You know, even the the man who's uh, going to catch him uh, thinking the same thing, but he's got to do his job. And, you know, it's just, uh, I write in short chapters, they're fast, so you can go to bed early, you know. I, uh, I also got a, uh, a science fiction, it's uh, called The Serpent's Gift, and it is uh, about a galactic war between heaven and hell, where there are real planets and real living beings. Well, it's interesting, you've got a couple of different interesting genres you like to, to write about. Did the old Dish, Death Wish films, the old Charles Bronson films, were they an inspiration for you, or was this a totally different inspiration or idea where this came from on the at least the, the two books you talked about? Well, uh, I, uh, of course, I liked those movies, uh, mainly when I, I worked at uh, Guide in Anderson. It's a General Motors plant, and I was a designer for uh, lighting systems, and uh, I actually worked with a guy who was called the Indiana Bluebeard, he killed uh, his mom and three wives before getting caught with the third wife. And uh, so that kind of gave me an interest in the, in the criminal mind, especially in the, uh, the serial killer aspect. And that's pretty much where that came from. So Ben O'Neill, and it should be noted there's no apostrophe in the O'Neill. It's just all together. Uh, ben O'Neill, uh, I assume your books are available at the usual sources. Yes, we've got uh, Amazon, Barnes Noble, and uh, always got them with me. <laughs> Here at the uh, Authors Festival at the Fisher's Library, I have Ron Rice with me when he writes books. The name he puts on the book is Ronald Rice. But Mr. Rice, let me ask you this. You have a book called Consider This, an anthology. Talk about your book, please. Uh, yes, uh, it's a collection of writings, um, essays, prose, short stories, poetry, and they all revolve around uh, inspiration, uh, faith, a little bit of tragedy, life experiences, and uh, the the point is in the writings is to get people to. Uh, look at themselves and learn from their experiences. So it's like sharing. A little philosophical in in most areas. Then I have another book too. uh, It's called Something Borrowed. I happened, I retired out of the the, uh, prison system. 31 years, I was a warden when I retired. But I've been a parole officer, probationer. I've worked all over the state. And I've worked a lot with young people and gang activity. So when I retired, I said, well, why not share some information with the public about young people and gangs? So I took the liberty to write a novel. That was my first book. That was about six years ago. And they're both still available now? Both still available. And uh, I uh, do speaking events, and uh, both my books are in the library system here in Hamilton County and in Marion County. So, um, um, rice.ronald at sbcglobal.net is my email address. 
that's how I advertise, and that tends to serve my purpose. And I assume your books are also available at the usual places, Amazon and other places as well? Not gotten on Amazon yet. Yeah. Where is it available? Con- considering it uh, through my email address. I'm with Aaron Myers here at the Fisher's Library for the local author fair, and uh, so let's let's talk about your book. You have a book that you have, and and uh, we just talked for a moment here, and uh, poetry is the is the center of the book. Talk about that. Well, it started out as a songwriting project uh, some years ago, and I was in a constant need for better lyrics, so I set out to. Uh, work on writing poetry um, and uh, hopefully be able to use it as lyrics uh, later on. Um. Well, let me just ask you this. Uh, It's named Passages. You you describe it as verses on survival, society's directions, and daily life. So you not only are in uh, have poetry in this book. It's a specific type of poetry. Talk about that. Oh, some interesting observations uh, on society. I think um, I think there's a lot of blind spots in the culture, and I was kind of able to put into words things a lot of people may think but have never heard uh, articulated. Um, so it's some interesting observations. There's certainly a lot of encouragement and some insights to be found in the book, and it's uh, it was a really great experience for myself. And uh, I think it uh, would be valuable to, to any reader who's, who's looking for a little, for something more than just what's uh, maybe readily available. The, the marketplace of ideas and the marketplace of books may be saturated with, with um, you know, what might, um, <clears throat> what might be satisfying for a few moments or what might be satisfying in a really outward kind of sense. And I try and dig a little deeper and offer something a little bit more, a little bit more substance and a little bit more food for thought. Um, and just, you know, it was a journey within my own consciousness, within my own heart and soul to come up with a lot of these things. And uh, it's something that I wanted to share. And the book is a perfect, uh, perfect way to do that. And you mentioned, uh, I see on the book, that you do some photography and include some pictures. Uh, so you are a photographer as well as a poet. An amateur photographer. You know, I've had a camera phone for a lot of years now, and I've been a lot of places. And I, you know, it's a real convenience to be able to take a picture whenever you see something that looks interesting. Uh, and I'm kind of the type of photographer where, you know, if, if something strikes me, if something looks looks nice, I'll take, you know, maybe a dozen, two dozen shots and go back, you know, and, and pick my favorite one. So there's a method to my madness. And um, the photos add a lot to this. Uh, I don't know that it could be a complete book on its own without the photos. Some of the photos have a direct relationship to the poems and some of them not so much, but it's beautiful photography. It really brings it to life, and um, it's it's photograph or it's photography from around the state and around the country. I spent a year as a commercial truck driver driving coast to coast, and there was all kinds of beautiful sights, uh, which are included in this book. Aaron I. Myers is how it's shown on the book. Uh, the name of the book is Passages. How do people find your book? You can go to my website. It's uh, aimtruepublishing.com and from there uh, you just click on the button to buy the book it'll take you to a, uh, a interface that's it's through PayPal but you don't have to have a PayPal account to buy the book uh, so it's real user friendly uh, and you just put in your information uh, and then I'll ship the book to you uh, as soon as possible 
I'm with Rebecca Beer here at the Fisher's Library, and Rebecca is an author of children's books. You have two out, two on the works. Tell me about the books that are available now. I have Sadie's Island. That was my second book to do. I was on a vacation with my husband on Mackinac Island, and we were actually getting ready for breakfast. I was already dressed, and I was standing up um, in the window of the hotel on Main Street on the island, and I was just overlooking all the busyness of the street. And I looked across the street, and I saw Sadie, the golden retriever, who grew up on Mackinac Island. She was coming in and out of the stores. She was greeting all the guests. She was just the friendliest thing on earth. And I thought, there has to be a story there. So when my husband was dressed, we had breakfast, we went down, I introduced myself and I said, I've been watching your dog. I feel like there's a real story with your dog. And and Gene, the owner of the store, shook his head and went, oh, absolutely. This is a real story. So he started to tell me about the story. And then his wife arrived at their store. They own the store on the island. And they started telling me about Sadie and how she greets all the customers and makes everybody feel so welcome when they come to the island, when they come to their store. And I thought, oh, that is just so lovely. So um, my husband and I got to meet them. We got to talk with them. I started taking photos of Sadie, started just really studying her and watching. And that's where this whole story of Sadie's Island came from. Well, Mackinac Island, I visited it several times. And you talk about a, a bustling day in, in Mackinac Island. It's quite different than a bustling day most anywhere else. Absolutely. Because there are no, well, virtually no motorized vehicles on the island. Right. When you go there, it is a different atmosphere. You don't hear any any cars. You don't hear any motorcycles. It's it's isn't so uh, as a setting for a story like this. Uh, seems to be a perfect setting. Oh, it was, and and you you just stand and you just take it all in because you hear the clip clopping of the horses. You you hear the drivers of the horses yelling at the horses. You smell the horses. You smell the fudge. It's just a really strange combination of all those wonderful things. And it draws you back year after year after year. My husband and I have been going up to Mackinac Island for the past 33 years. Um, just love it so much. We've raised our children on Mackinac Island. Just such an amazing experience there. Well, I've, I've uh, taken the bicycle ride all around the island. It's, it's a beautiful place. So tell us the name of the book again and where you can find it. Sadie's Island. You can find it online at theperfectinspirations.com. That is my website. You can also find it on Amazon. But if you buy it through me, I can sign it for you. Otherwise, I cannot sign it. Um, and Sadie uh, receives gifts from people all over the United States on her birthday, at Christmas. People loved her. So it's a great, heartwarming story. When you have a friend, you have found a treasure indeed. So what's the age range for the books? Um, it's really a great book for a good, solid reader, say ages 8 up to probably 12, 14. Um, and then adults love it. Adults buy it just for adults. They buy it just because they've been to the island. They love the pictures. I did all the photography in the book. It took me three years to get that all accomplished. But it's just, there's just a lot of ages that loves the story because it's about Sadie and her adventures. I'm here with Suzanne Purewall, an author at the local author fair here at the Fisher's Library. You have a number of books on display. Tell me about your books. Okay, well, uh, I have a poetry book, 
and it has love poems, lost poems, whimsical, and inspirational poems because I'm a cancer survivor. So it has a little bit of something for everyone. And it also has over 20 illustrations by the same local artist that did all of my book covers. And I also have a romantic suspense trilogy that has lots of mystery and intrigue in it. And I also have two humorous books. One is all of my misadventures in online dating. So if you need a good laugh, that's definitely the book for you. And then the other one is a he said, she said that I wrote with my boyfriend. Basically, he would write a chapter. Then I'd feel the need to correct him in the next chapter. So it's a cute, playful banter that goes back and forth. Okay, that's interesting. Well, you mentioned being a cancer survivor, and there, my mother is a cancer survivor of many years, and I have other cancer survivors in my family. Did that motivate you in some way? If so, tell me how. Honestly, yes. I started writing my first novel when I was on sick leave while recovering um, from the surgery. And it made me rethink my entire life, actually. And so I ended up changing my career path. And here I am. Instead of waiting till I retired to write books, I'm doing that now instead. Very good. So what's your latest book and where do you find it? Well, I am um, working on another one, which hopefully will be out in the next couple months. It's a humor one. Uh, but the two humorous books are the ones that I, I released uh, the last. And, and uh, Mismatched, Mismatched, and finally, An Unexpected Love Story. And where do people find your books? You can find them on my website, SuzannePurewall.com, or you can find them on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, any of your uh, digital social media. Here at the local author fair and Fishers at the library, Chris Clauser is with me. He's one of the authors, a fiction and nonfiction author. Uh, tell me what motivated you to write books. Uh, so I started as a kind of research for some magazine articles I was going to try to put together and kind of stumbled upon a topic that uh, basically a family archivist gave me a lot of material on and it kind of blossomed into a book as opposed to a magazine article and that's kind of what started the whole thing. Well, you, you say you like nonfiction and uh, fiction as well. Your most recent fiction book is Curator of the Gods. Uh, tell us about that. Yeah, so the premise is that the Greek gods get cursed and have to live on a farm in central Indiana for all of eternity. And the farm becomes uh, is, is inherited by a young man, and he has to figure out what to do with the Greek gods. So. Okay. You also have a recent uh, nonfiction book. It's about golf. Yeah, it's titled A Month of Saturdays. It's basically a tour of Indiana's public golf courses. Uh, kind of goes around 30 golf courses around the state of Indiana that anybody can get on and play. Uh, gives some accommodation recommendations and other attractions in the area if you want to make it like a tour type of thing. Um, so, yeah, a lot of photography. So it's a really pretty book. Do you have any uh, public uh, golf course favorites in there? Yeah, I really like, so Hamilton County has a treasure trove of great public golf courses. Uh, Purgatory, Bear Slide, Prairie View, they're all really good. Uh, I like Purgatory a lot because it's it suits my game a little bit. Uh, Bear Slide's really fun. Uh, and then, of course, there's always some of the bigger names like uh, down in southern Indiana at French Lick, uh, the Pete Dye course, Donald Ross course down there. So there's a there's a, Indiana is one of the, probably the quietest states about the quality of golf that they have in the public venue. 
Chris Clauser, last name is spelled C-L-O-U-S-E-R. Uh, you have several books here. If somebody wants to take a look at your books, where do they find your books? So uh, all my stuff is on Amazon.com. So. That's the easiest place to find it. Yeah. Very good. I'm with Isabel Jordan, an author here at uh, the, Indi- the uh, Fisher's Public Library. She has a book out. Tell me the title of your book and what it's about, Isabel. So my book is called The Flames That Corrupt Us, and it's a young adult psychological mystery. I published it when I was 14, and it follows two teenagers who are pretty much trying to save their world from fires that cannot be extinguished. Oh my gosh, the people in California can identify with this. Oh yeah. (laughs) So how did you come up with this idea for this book? I mean, you're an author, you can choose about anything. Uh, Why did you choose this storyline? So when I was really young, like eight or nine, I was terrified of fire. It was like my biggest fear, and I kind of got through that by writing stories about it, and it was just kind of how I got over that fear, and then those, you know, notes and little stories kind of just blossomed into this book. Okay, so where do people find your book? Um, You can get it on Amazon and my website. That's about it right now. Working on getting it in Barnes & Noble. Hopefully that'll be available next year, so... I'm with Liza Malloy, who was one of the authors here at the Fisher's Library for the Authors' Fair. So you are a writer of romantic novels. Uh, Tell me about the types of stories you like to tell as an author. I like to tell uh, love stories, Um, happy endings, vibrant characters, kind of the everyday sort of people you meet, finding love and kind of getting that happily ever after. Okay, Always, always a good ending at the end, a nice ending at the end here. So what's your most recent book? My most recently published book is Forbidden Ink, and it's um, it's actually a new adult romance, so college-aged kids, um, and it takes place in a small beach town um, on the coast of South Carolina, and um, I don't know, it's a you, steamier romance, I okay, guess. Steamier, <laughs> fair enough. Now, again, when you're an author, you can choose to write about anything you want if you have that talent. What uh, drew you to the romantic novel? That's actually a funny question. I never would have seen myself as a romance writer. I've always wanted to be a writer, um, but I always sort of looked down on this genre. And then I started reading it and absolutely love romance novels. And I realized all the classics that I were drawn to had strong romantic elements that really attracted my attention. Um, And it, it sort of seems to be a bigger topic for me in life. You know, everything else is great, but if you have love, it makes it all a lot better. And where do people find your books? My books are available through Barnes & Noble, Amazon, um, iBooks through Apple, and also uh, Walmart has their Kobo line that has my books. Liza Malloy, thank you for talking to me. I'm with Melody Personette here at the Authors' Fair, Fisher's Public Library. Uh, tell me about the books you write. Um, I write young adult paranormal romance and um, science fiction. So what drew you to that genre? I've always been interested in young adult. I've always written young adult, and I've always been interested in vampires, fair, fit the fae, stuff like that. So it just seems like the logical thing to write, because that's what I read. So. I was going to say, there seems to be that uh, vampires seem to have been a big thing for a number of years in this genre. So, so when you uh, decided you want to write, how do you approach writing? What, when you have a story in your mind, how does it percolate? Um, usually I just 
I'm a, what do you call a pantser? I don't plan, I just start writing and that's, so if I have an idea and it sparks, then I just go for it and see where it takes me. And usually, most time it pans out and sometimes it doesn't, so yeah. So you have three books out right now. Just briefly tell me about the, the titles and what they're about. I have Weapon Aishin, which is young adult science fiction. It's a superhero um, action adventure type book. Um, I have Wayward, which is the first in the St. Croix Falls series. It's young adult paranormal romance. Um, it's about a girl. She ends up moving to a new town, um, meets a guy, of course, um, he ends up being a fairy, you know, romance ensues. So, yeah. And then I have a children's book called Firespot the Red Panda. Um, it's about this little boy. Um, he's part of a missionary family. They go to Myanmar. Um, he rescues a red panda. And, yeah. Okay. So if somebody wants a uh, Melody Personette book, how do you find them? You can find it on Amazon.com. Most of them are paperback. All of them are ebook, and you can also find all of them on Kindle Unlimited. I'm here with Sandra Suku, an author here at the Fisher's Public Library, uh, showing her wares, as many authors are here on this book fair day with uh, a number of authors. And Sandra, you are an author of romantic novels. Tell me how that appealed to you in such a way that you decided to write about that. I am. In fact, I just published my 88th novel this week, and what drew me to the genre was the promise of happy endings. So all your books have happy endings? Every one of them does, because I first started writing when I was very young, and um, my parents divorced when I was 10, and so I decided, you know what, I don't really like this world, so I'm going to write ones with happy endings. So you just basically created your own, as I any did, author I would did. do. Yes. Who are some of your favorite characters that you've created, without naming them, just types of characters you like to write about and create in your mind? Um, I like um, strong women that know what they want, and they don't wait around to be rescued. I like guys that are caring and, uh, you know, are supportive. And every book has to have some humor. <laughs> And I assume yours has plenty of that. Oh, definitely. <laughs> well, uh, if somebody would like to have one of your 88 books, <laughs> where do you find them? Um, I am on Amazon. I'm also on every other book retailer. And how do you spell your last name so people can find your book um, online? That's Suku, S-O-O-K-O-O. Okay, very good. Thank you very Thank much. Thank you. Madeline Kinsey is one of the authors here at the Author Fair at the Fisher's Public Library. You have several books on display. Tell me about your books. Well, hello, Larry. My books are the Vanessa Mystery Series that takes place in the Fishers and Noblesville area in the summer of 1967. It's about an Indianapolis girl who comes up to stay with her country cousins and is at first not happy at all, a fish out of water, and then she starts to understand that they're being haunted by the ghost of a Civil War uh, soldier who's buried in a nearby cemetery uh, who's rumored to have been a deserter. Uh, So she uh, bonds with her cousins and they decide to find out why he's haunting them. And thus begins the mystery of the ghost of Cheney Creek, which is the first book in the series. And we're talking, this is set in the real Cheney Creek in Fishers, right? Yes. All of the uh, 
factual and uh, geographic references are, are real. The storyline is not. There was really not a ghost? Is that what you're saying? Well, that's a, actually, some people believe there was. Okay. There is a, there is a grave there, and it's in a very odd spot in the cemetery. The, uh, James Payne is his name. Uh, he was with the Indiana Infantry, Company E, 39th Indiana Infantry, and he is lo- listed as a deserter. But at the time I wrote the book, I did not know that. I thought I made that up. So he has since been investigated uh, by uh, local paranormal investigators, as well as on a reality TV show called Fact or Faked. Uh, A local woman named Caroline believes that he haunts her. Uh, And so she did an investigation and sent the video of the nighttime investigation to the show. And they were so intrigued by it that they came out from L.A. to uh, investigate him and the cemetery on their own. So did they actually do a piece that they aired on this They did. It did. Uh, Yeah, it was pretty exciting. You you see them coming down 69 and turning at the, getting off at the Fisher's exit. It's a very well-known show by in certain certain quarters. On cable TV and satellite TV, that's a popular uh, genre. Well, how do people find your books? My books are on Amazon, and you can uh, search my name, Madeline Kinsey, K-I-N-S-E-Y, or search The Ghost of Cheney Creek. It's C-H-E-E-N-E-Y. I'm with Francesca Quarto here at the Authors' Fair, Fisher's Public Library. So, Francesco, you have a number of books that you have on display here. You write in a couple of different genres. Just explain how you approach being an author and the various books that you like to write. Well, I actually start by reading everything. Uh, I don't think you could be a writer unless you're a really good reader. And I read very eclectically, so every genre I can grab. That's what I learned from. Um, I loved Harry Potter, uh, Twilight, sort of, (laughs) but I certainly uh, enjoyed the concept of magic, and so I decided I would write a female protagonist who is a Celtic wizard, and she uses her magic to solve paranormal mysteries. So all of my books in my series, and there are six right now, um, are all independent stories, independent mysteries. You can start anywhere. I'm writing number seven in that series right now, and uh, very excited to say I am published by Telltale Publishing. I'm not a self-published author, but um, there is a lot of advantage to both. And I know a lot of self-published authors, obviously, being a local author. Um, I've also written a paranormal thriller uh, called Love's Prey. It is definitely for adults only. It has adult content. And I'm going to write a sequel to that particular book. My publisher is sitting on another paranormal thriller called Dark Desires. And I hope to see the light of day with that one this year. So it's going through the editing process right now? It is. And if it doesn't come out this year, it'll be early next year. Um, I just had number six in my series released Halloween. So. It's interesting. You, you mentioned the fact that you cannot be a good author without being a good reader. And I've heard this time and time again. So what I'm hearing you say is that you enjoyed these books that you read and tried to take those books and, and form your own I think well. I think what they do is they stimulate your own imagination. Uh, I don't know if I would use them as a template uh, for what I write, 
because I don't believe I do. But certainly it takes my imagination, uh, gives it a little kick in the, in the rear and gets me going. And I enjoy writing. It's uh, very therapeutic for me in a lot of ways. Um, and if I don't like what, what's out there, I can write my own stories. Um, I also do flash fiction. I have a blog. And um, those are all paranormal uh, in nature. Almost all of them are. And I hope to put those together in a um, an anthology uh, of just the flash fiction blog. So I'm, I'm actually in an anthology right now. My publisher invited me to join one uh, called Dark Raven, and it uh, is going to be out very soon. And those are more or less um, paranormal kind of scary stories. <laughs> I don't think mine's that scary, but it's pretty fun. Well, how do people find your books? Uh, anywhere. At any bookstore by just by name, if you... Look for Francesca Cordo. They can order my books. I'm on Amazon and, of course, with my publisher, Telltale Publishing. And the last name is spelled Q-U-A-R-T-O. That's You're correct. You're trying to search for it. Right. So how do people find your blog? Uh, they can go to Magic Mysteries. Uh, and I've got, let me give you the whole... Actually, I have so many addresses, um, but it's actually all one word: Magic Moments Mysteries, com, dot over dash blog dot com. It's very long. So back it up and, and write it down if you're listening. That's what yeah, you would need to do. Exactly. But if you go to my um, my website. They can find me at, at uh, Celtic Magic. I'm there. Uh, they can go to Francesca Quarto. I have two websites, and the information will be found there, too. 